Hello everyone, my name's Mariana. I am the owner of Dark Horse Metaphysics. And this is my first episode of my unnamed podcast for equine metaphysics and holistic healing. Um, So I guess we'll start off with a little bit about me. I've been doing this for about three years, two years in um, the paid space and then a year and a half in the unpaid space. So I started out as a animal communicator for deceased animals, and then I kind of branched out and started doing this for horses. So my first experience with um, energy work and animal communication would have been about in 2018 with my horse Tyra, and then we just kind of never looked back. So what I do mainly is I help people who have... um, who have traumatized horses and who have kind of gotten to the end of their rope with them. They've tried the conventional methods like veterinary, um, massage, chiropractic. They've tried um, training. They've tried all sorts of things and nothing has really worked for them. So those are the people that I tend to help the most, I would say, just because they are the ones that tend to find me at the very end of their journey. And I've also branched out into doing consultations. So if you have a horse who is not benefiting from the normal supplements that we give them, if you are having issues trying to figure out how to feed them, if you are having problems knowing what feed they need, how much, if you have a horse that's having issues losing weight or gaining weight, I do that too now. I have consulting where we will kind of talk about your horse's constitution and if there's any herbs that can help them and then we'll kind of go through your feed plan and your exercise plan and figure out what is the best option from your horse from an energetic perspective. So the first thing I want to make sure I clarify with our podcast is that I am not a vet. I have no training and veterinary medicine. Everything I know from a veterinary perspective is self-taught. So you can't use energy work to replace veterinary medicine. But what you can do is you can combine the two in order to kind of get the most holistic care for your horse possible. And sometimes, um, you know, in metaphysics, we'll be able to solve problems that veterinary medicine may not be able to solve. So I always tell people, don't throw your vet out, don't stop taking the vet, but please be aware that the vet can only kind of handle one aspect of health and, you know, energy work and holistic healing can help the other side as well. The two need to be combined. It's like the yin and yang with the black and the white sort of spiraling around each other. And then inside both, we have the black and the white anyway, which represents that in every sort of you know, in all veterinary medicine, we also need kind of the holistic approach. And sometimes in the holistic side, we also need kind of the more um, pharmaceutical medical perspective as well. So our first discussion today, and I'll talk about myself in another episode, I kind of recorded this in the beginning, and I got lost a little bit and the app that I was using was not (laughs) recording the whole thing. So I had to start over. So this is take two. But we're going to start today talking a little bit about trauma in horses, what trauma is, what trauma looks like, and kind of understanding what trauma kind of what trauma plays in our horses' lives. 
and why energy medicine can help with a horse who is undergoing trauma and to answer some of the explanations of why you know you're trying all these different things with your horse but nothing is working and why that might be so i have some notes here so the first thing is we'll start out with talking about what energy work even is so energy work is a form of healing that is holistic and focused on the energy energy essence of the person or animal rather than healing the symptoms of a disease, illness, behavior, or training issue. In my practice, I do not care what the vet books call your horse's disorder. I do not care if they call it arthritis, if they call it, you know, neurological issues, if they call it wobblers, if they call it a tendon tear. I do not care what the veterinary books call it because that's not what I'm here to do. I'm not here to treat a disorder. I'm here to treat the root issues of why your disorder is happening in the first place. So, you know, I have a few horses with a lot of different issues, but I don't necessarily care what the vet has called them because at the end of the day, they're all very similar in usually it's an imbalance of something in the horse that is creating this problem. And the solutions are often very, very similar for the different disorders, depending on what the root cause actually is. So energy medicine uses techniques from ancient traditions, as well as intuitive abilities of the energy worker to connect with the horses. So in my sessions, we have the body scan, we have the communication session where we will talk to the horse, and we have the actual energy work session. And everyone who starts with me has to start in emotion code land. We will have another episode about emotion code later. Um, energy work takes the entire horse into account, not just the physical health or history, in figuring out the source of the problem. So I look at how you feel about the horse. I look at how the horse feels about their environment. I look at how is the horse eating? How is the horse responding to you? I look at, you know, how is the horse working? What scares the horse? What upsets the horse? And I also look at what upsets you. What are your feelings on your horse? Are you feeling dejected? Are you feeling doubtful? Are you feeling angry? All of these things affect the root issue as to what your horse may be suffering from. And usually these issues are rooted in deep personal traumas of the horse. Buying and selling is a trauma. Changing trainers is a trauma. Changing barns is a trauma. Changing feed can be a trauma. Changing farriers can be a trauma. Going into a trailer can be a trauma. You, everything that we don't always think about being trauma, often those things are traumatic for horses. So now we're going to talk a little bit about what trauma is, and then I'm going to go off my notes and sort of talk more openly about trauma and what it looks like for you and your horse and whether or not your horse is suffering from some sort of trauma. So what is trauma? Trauma is an event, is any event, situation, experience, or past misgiving that has affected the horse beyond what we consider rudimentary. So what would trauma not look like? Trauma would not look like tripping in the arena. Trauma would not look like an acorn falling on a horse's head. Trauma would not look like something like a horse getting kicked in the shoulder. Usually that's not very traumatic, depending on the circumstances. Trauma would not involve, um, you know, blinking at a horse. Trauma would not necessarily involve giving 
the horse the wrong tree. Trauma wouldn't involve stuff that the horse can kind of jump down and bounce back from. Trauma doesn't always involve slipping and falling in the uh, pasture. What we're talking about trauma is we're talking about emotional and mental trauma. Physical trauma is does happen, but physical trauma is kind of in another section, which we will cover on another episode. But we're specifically talking about trauma as in psychological trauma. Long-lasting Trauma can be long-lasting, it can be lifelong, it will shape and affect all future relationships the horse tries to have with people and other horses. So if you buy that rescue horse from the feedlot, understand that you are not just buying that horse, you are buying all of the trauma that horse comes with. So starting go a horse moving to a new barn is not starting over. A horse moving to that new barn is just bringing all of its baggage with it. Getting a new horse does not mean that the horse is going to be start from scratch. You are still dealing with all of the things that the horse has been through up until it met you. So that can be very confusing for people because sometimes we think about buying the horse and we say, oh, this is going to be a new start for it. We're going to, you know, be friends. Got to take a sip of my tea. We're going to, you know, have a wonderful time. It's going to be great. I rescued you from this bad situation. Why don't you still love me? Why don't you love me? Why don't you let me pet you? Why don't you let me hug you? Why do you always buck me off when I try to ride you? People don't understand that sometimes that buying a horse is not this brand new experience you are still going to buy all of the problems that that horse had, physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional. So when you buy that new horse, you have to be aware that you can't just look at this relationship as being brand new. This relationship is just a continuation of whatever the horse has been through, which means that you have to understand that you are kind of quote unquote not special in the sense that you are not here to quote unquote save the horse. You are simply one of the many owners who has owned the horse before, and that's how the horse sees you. So trauma cannot be trained out of the horse. There's no trainer, except perhaps Warwick Schiller, I will give him that, who can train trauma out of the horses. There is no medication that you can give horses um, in order to get rid of trauma. There isn't a pill, there isn't a, a tincture, there isn't really anything. I think, you know, the only thing I could think of is Bach essential flower essences, but at the same time, I have used those for clients, and I will say they are not for the faint of heart, and they are not beginner medicine. So I would not recommend somebody use Bach flower essences for their horse without somebody kind of overseeing the process. You can ask a few of my clients who have tried the Bach flowers. We have learned a lot. I will just put it that way. Trauma can only be healed through repairing the relationship and allowing the horse to forgive their own past. And the way that we do that is emotion code work. So we, I wrote a little blog about this the other day about, um, you can read it in my Facebook post, facebook.com backslash dark horse metaphysics, DK horse metaphysics. Um, I wrote about the uh, emotion code experience and how for some horses it feels like pieces of glass being ripped out of them. That was kind of a more, it was a bit of a descriptive um, depiction of what it, the situation actually is, but it can feel like that for some horses, especially the horses who have been deeply, deeply hurt. Um, if they're coming at this at 30 years old and they have been and, you know, abused most of their life, that's what it's most likely going to feel for them. A six-year-old who has had two years of human experience may not feel that same kind of uh, trauma unless it was very, very severe trauma as in, you know, the horse is beaten alive or, you know, something else was happening. Um, but usually it's not necessarily that graphic, but depending on how deep this goes, it can be. 
So when we say that the only way to heal trauma is through repairing the relationships, it means that when we get a new horse, we don't always understand that this horse has already been through a lot and we are simply adding on to whatever it has been through. So while we may become frustrated by the horse not wanting us to pet it, we may become frustrated with it not wanting to pick up its leg, be caught, you know, and our initial reaction may be to, you know, slap the horse on the shoulder if it's trying to wiggle, you know, bop the horse in the nose if it tries to bite. All things that te- are, I would, I feel are starting to go away and starting to be questioned and we are moving away from that, but it's going to take a long time and there are still parts of the, you know, horsey world and parts of the horsey training world that still do that. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not going to necessarily judge or anything like that, but we have to understand that that kind of behavior and those kind of responses to horses simply trying to tell us that they are in pain create more trauma on top of old trauma. So already you are contributing to the horse not trusting its people. And now it is saying, well, why should I trust you? You've bopped me in the nose. You've you know slapped my shoulder when I was trying to tell you that I was scared of the hoof pick. And you basically just told me it doesn't matter. Well, now you're just like everybody else. That's kind of the way the horse feels about it. So we have to allow the horse to go through the past of their, the, their past experience and realize that the past experience is over. And how we do that is through emotion code. We go through all the heart walls, we help the horse release the heart walls, and after the horse has released the heart walls and allowed that sort of process to happen, they realize that it's not gonna happen again and that experience is over. And we can kind of shut the door on that part of them and they can move on. Once a trapped emotion or a hidden heart wall or a heart wall is released, it does not come back. But the horse still has to go through the process of residuals in order to completely release the pain. If trauma is not healed, the experience the owners have with the horse will forever be shaped by whatever trauma the horse suffered from, even if the owners are not specifically aware of the event. So that basically that's what I'm saying. If you don't heal a horse's trauma, you are basically locked in to whatever happened to the horse before. A lot of times that looks like, you know, after a few years, the horse is so unruly and so dangerous that you simply can't ride it anymore. Sometimes that looks like having to move the horse from barn to barn because the barn owner is scared of it and all everyone's scared of it. Sometimes that looks like going from trainer to trainer, desperately trying to figure out what the heck I'm supposed to do with this horse. And the trainers say, there's nothing we can help you with. This horse is out beyond help. Sometimes that looks like as sad as it is. Sometimes that looks like putting the horse down because you've reached the end of your rope and you can't do anything anymore because you don't know what else there is to do. Sometimes that looks like going through, you know, the vets and the vets and and the vets don't know what to say and they don't really have an answer from you. And you go from vet to vet to vet with the same response of, we don't really know what's wrong, but we'll give you a, you know, a shot for that if you'd like. So it can look like a lot of different things, but if the trauma of the past is not healed, you're basically going to be spinning your wheels forever. And in the worst case scenario, your horse might not even survive the um experience with you it might sometimes it's better to put those sorts of animals down when you don't know about energy work because there's there's nothing that you're ever going to be able to necessarily do to help okay so that's kind of our spiel on what trauma is and how important it is to recognize trauma in horses so now that we know what trauma is and what it can do to your horse and kind of what it what you you can expect from a relationship as long as your horse continues to be traumatized. What does trauma look like for us? What do we do un 
intentionally day to day to create trauma for our horses. Well, there's a long laundry list of things. And when I go about these things, the first thing I want to make sure everyone knows is this is not about blaming and shaming. This is not about going, oh God, you should have known. How dare you? You hurt your horse. Yada, da, da, da. We don't talk like that in my kind of work. I don't talk like that to my clients. But what I do make sure is that everyone understands their part in what created the problem that you're calling me about. If you have just bought your horse and you have barely done anything with it and you call me, you're basically going to most likely be omitted except for buying the horse. You have the only trauma you would have added to that horse's experience is buying it. And that is not necessarily something that was a bad thing, but it at least needs to be acknowledged that you have separated it from its old life, even if its old life was terrible, and you have brought it into a new life. So now you have reestablished to the horse that their experience with people is not secure. Humans do not... Um, unconditionally love them. And although that, you know, is something that is simply going to be what it is, there's not much we can change about it. We will eventually have to go back and sort of help the horse understand that we were getting them out of a bad situation and putting them into a situation and helping them realize that you are not going to necessarily sell the horse or get rid of the horse. You are going to keep the horse for life. And that is going to reestablish this idea that humans are benevolent and have unconditional love. So love is kind of what the whole crux of this is all about. We want to make sure the horses understand that love is not finite, love is infinite. And once the horses know that love is infinite, they stop feeling like they can't connect with their people. Although I will say, one of the difficult things about doing this sometimes is that humans just naturally have a very, very finite idea of love. And with horses, we have to understand that horses are very expensive animals and they're very expensive to keep. So that means that not everybody has the luxury of just having a horse in their backyard and taking care of that horse its whole life. Not everybody has the money to spend on whatever the horse needs in order to thrive. Not everybody has those means. And for some people, if the horse is not providing them happiness, there is no reason to keep the horse. So that is very true too. Um, and so that's something that I've had to kind of accept too, as I've been doing this, I have a very different, I, a different opinion on horse care than a lot of people do. And I do believe personally in keeping the horse for life, no matter what, but I do understand that for some people that's just not possible. And there needs to be a give and take when it comes to taking care of horses. So that is something that also needs to be considered, especially when we're dealing with trauma, because some of the times, you know, we can get really, really angry at the people who have hurt our horse in the past. And we say, well, how dare they? How could they do this? You know, how could they how could they think that this was acceptable? Everyone has different standards of care. We are not all the same. It. It. Sorry, I got a, a random text. It. Um. Now I got to get back to my thought process. Oh dear. It um, doesn't always 
compute to us sometimes that other people have different ways of taking care of horses. And no way is wrong. The really important thing about doing this kind of work is that we have to have more of a gray outlook on life. We can't think good and bad. We have to just think that was the situation that was that 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 person was in before and there's not much we can necessarily do about that, but we need to figure out how to rectify the situation going forward. So I think for me this was something that was really hard. I was very very angry and upset at the people who had my horse before me because I could not understand how somebody could be so cruel to an animal. And over the years, I have had to let go of that and realize that I have her now. She's with me. And just because somebody else didn't see her value doesn't mean that she doesn't have any value. She has tremendous value to me. She has value whether or not she's written. She just existing is the value that she has. So I have, you know, through my own sort of self-development and shadow work and everything, I have let go of a lot of the, the anger and hatred that I had of the people that had her before. And I have been able to forgive them because they simply didn't know. They were not, they didn't have the same standards that I did. They didn't have the same understanding of horses that I did. And I can't necessarily fault them because I think that if they had known better, they most likely would have done better. So that's sort of our motto for this uh, type of work and this podcast and the Facebook group that I run, quote unquote, if you know better, do better. It's not about going back and saying, oh God, I should have done better when I didn't know you didn't know back then there's no way to go back and fix it we've just got to continue to move forward and do the best that we can with the knowledge that we now have so anyway as i was saying what does trauma look like well trauma can look like lots of things that we don't necessarily consider traumatic a horse that's struggling to load and doesn't want to go into the trailer most likely it had some sort of trauma but forcing the horse into the trailer is adding on to the trauma what else can trauma look like? Crops, whips, spurs, all of those can be traumatic. Sometimes they're not traumatic. If the horse has had a negative experience with them before and is reacting severely to them and you continue to use them, you are adding to trauma. Let's see, moving horses. Horses are very hurt. Um, they, they are very family oriented. So taking a horse and moving it and not explaining to the horse why they are moving, where they are moving, when they are moving and how they are moving can really upset them because one day they're with their buddies, the next day they're at somewhere completely new. That can very much upset the horse and that can also lead to lots of issues at the new barn like riding problems, behavioral problems, eating problems. So you want to make sure that if you're going to move the horse, you give the horse ample time to say its goodbyes and um, explain to it in words sometimes that they are moving and why you're moving so that they aren't caught off guard because moving can definitely be a trauma that sits in a horse and that's going to be eventually something that we have to remove do uh, via emotion code work. What else can be trauma? Injuries. Injuries are very can be are um, kind of the the uh, crux of trauma. Any kind of physical injury can be trauma because here's the thing: a physical injury does not pop out of nowhere. A torn tendon does not pop out of nowhere. A broken leg does not pop out of nowhere. Things don't just magically happen. They they were they were happening months and months and months ago. You just didn't know it. You weren't aware of it. The signs of the issue were not clear to you at the time. So if you have a horse that's broken a leg or ripped a tendon or something, know that that problem was months and months and months old and that you have missed all of the signs and now all of a sudden you are seeing the damage created. 
So that can very be traumatic because even after the injury has healed, the fact that the horse was ignored and not listened to can create a very, very uh, severe um, sever in the relationship that it has with you. And it can change the way it feels about its person. It can way that change the way that they see you. So that can also add to trauma. And that is kind of one of the main traumas that I deal with specifically when it comes to owners traumatizing their horses, not previous owners, but current owners traumatizing their horses. I see that the most out of everything that I see with the horses. So the other types of trauma are um, abuse, any kind of physical violence towards a horse, um, uh, riding, forcing a horse to ride in a specific way it does not want to, showing, forcing a horse to show in a discipline it clearly is not happy with, Bidding, bidding a horse up to a point where, you know, you're creating pain in order to prevent issues from arising so that it's rideable, ignoring a horse when it says no, um, uh, feeding it very little because you don't have the money uh, be uh, for whatever reason, uh, denying it vet care. I mean, the list goes on and on and what trauma even looks like. But sometimes the, what we don't consider trauma is training. Training can be very traumatic to horses. We, it depends on their style of training, but if you have the more classical idea of training, whereas, you know, the horse has to listen to me and I have to be dominant and I have to be the boss, that can be very painful because the horse truly just wants to be your friend at the very root of it the horse wants an equal partner it wants 50 50 relationship with its person but i always tell people it's better to have a 49 51 where you're 51 that way when you're in front of the cougar and the cougar is going to jump at you you can tell the horse okay we got to move to the left and the horse is going to move to the left that way there's no debate on whether or not you know you're, you guys are going to do something especially on trails you want to be able to be the one to make the you know the the final decision that's 49.51. But 100, 0, 80, 20, those are not um, uh, partnerships that, that create stable, kind, loving horses. Those are horses who are simply slaves to their people. And we don't want slaves. We don't want horses who are slaves, who are subservient. We want horses who are best friends, who are partners, who are buddies, who are family members. So a lot of these training methods do want a horse as a slave. They want the horse to shut up and just comply. That kind of training method can be extremely traumatic for the horse because after a while, the horse can't take it anymore. They go, boom, somebody falls off and breaks their hip or breaks their head or something. And all of a sudden, we're afraid of the horse. So the horse gets sold. Now the horse is getting sold, sold, sold all the way down the line until it reaches the auction house when some you know good Samaritan manages to find it, brings it home and realizes why it was sold in the first place. And then hopefully find somebody like me to call to help them through it. So those are the different ways that a horse can be traumatized. And in order to remove the trauma, the first thing we have to do is we have to thank the horse for sharing its trauma. Usually we do that in emotion code work. We have to acknowledge that the horses shared the trauma in the first place. We have to say we've heard it, we listened, we understand, and we're going to move forward with helping them. The second thing is we must apologize for the trauma, whether or not we um, created it. If it was a trauma that somebody else created, we still have to apologize for that person who created it. 
Um, that's really, really important. The third thing is we have to promise the horse it's never going to happen again. And that means changing our behavior. That means understanding what created the problem in the first place. Hopefully you've been listening to the whole call with me and you understand what was created and you can say, okay, I know what I did. I know what they did. Now I know what not to do. Um, and we have to promise the horse we're not going to re-traumatize them and put them back in the same situation. Because if we do, if we do re-traumatize them and put them back in the old, um, moment of pain, we have basically lied to them and said we heard them but we don't care which is a totally brand new trauma that makes things very very difficult to remove when you finally do want to remove them so those are the three steps to removing trauma and I think even if you were not going to do emotion code work and you were going to do something like Warwick Schiller's work, it's around the same type of thing. You know, you have to understand what was created and what created the problem in the first place. You have to acknowledge that the problem even existed in the first place and that you understand that, you know, either you or somebody else created the problem. And then you have to change your behavior and figure out a new way to ride the horse so that you don't re-traumatize them. Okay, so that's going to be at the end of this podcast. Um, I'm going to give you some links so that if you want to learn more about what I do, you can go to facebook.com backslash DK Horse Metaphysics. That's my Facebook page. You can go to DK horsemetaphysics.com. That's my website. It's kind of an empty website. I'm trying to get it up. It's been two years and I'm still, I don't know why. I'm just, the website, the website's kind of empty. So the Facebook page is the best way to get in touch with me. You can also go to um, the Facebook group, which is, I have a Facebook group. It's called Equine Metaphysics and Holistic Healing. And it is facebook.com backslash groups backslash metaphysical equines. So if you wanted to join the group and kind of hang out with us and talk a little bit more about metaphysics, holistic healing, any of those things for your horses, that's the best place to go and the best place to learn. Okay, so I'm going to try to record another episode, maybe next week, maybe a few weeks. We'll just have to see how this one goes. Um, And have a wonderful day. If you want to schedule any kind of energy work, you can go to my Facebook page, again, Facebook backslash DK Horse Metaphysics, and you can sign up or uh, schedule a appointment on that Facebook page. I do phone call appointments. All appointments are at 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's the first time. And we go up until 10 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I think my last appointment is from 10 to 11. So if you're on the East Coast, make sure you know it's 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. East Coast Time. If you're in another country, I also do phone calls in Australia, Europe, all different places. If you can't get a phone call and you'd still like a session, we can do an audio recording. I'll record the whole session and I'll send you a Dropbox link with the audio recording. Okay, everybody. I'll talk to you later. Bye.